What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie and or TV show of all time. I am Matt Primo, joined by Josh Primo. What's up, my bitches? I was like, God damn, how long is it going to take you to say hey? Hey, man, don't judge. <laughs> Had to get the dick in my mouth. <laughs> Fucking thank you. Bruh, <laughs> <laughs> judging me. Well... Guys, this is the episode where we are going to be looking at episodes four, five, and six of season one of The Sopranos. Uh, we did on the last episode, episodes one, two, and three. And I already forgot like what scores I gave, but I have really, really, really enjoyed the uh, the first three episodes. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where the uh, the series goes from here in these next three episodes. Uh, but before we do that, if you like what we're doing here and you want to consider supporting us, Go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Support us at any of those tiers and you get access to our Discord. You get uh, exclusive voting rights to vote on what we do on the podcast every single week between Surfing the Stream and the Two Game Podcast, which you can go check out as well if you're into the nerdy shit, you know, anime, comics, games, whatever. That's what we do on the, that podcast. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Paradixio, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, Lindsay Humble, Michael King, Casey Pye, Christina Lambu, Ryan Slash, Corey Costa, and Ryan Sibley. We appreciate y'all supporting us at that $20 tier every single month. Without y'all, we'd not be able to do this. So thank you so much. So yeah, like I said, uh, last week we did episodes one, two, and three. This week we are doing episodes four, five, and six. So uh, if you have not watched these three episodes, you probably should pause it, go watch them, and then come back, because we will be talking about spoilers uh, from this point forward. So let's go ahead and start it, sir. Episode number four, titled Meadowlands. Uh, Tony has his contact detective, Vin... Uh, how do you fucking say his name? Vin? I'm just going to go... Detective Vin. We'll go with that. Uh, follow oh, <laughs> follows Dr. Melfi after she appears in his dreams. Christopher calls for retaliation against Junior and Mikey uh, for the death of Brendan. The question of who will be Jackie April's successor arises. So what did you think about Meadowlands? Uh, uh, I will have to say that this was a first for podcast history that Lonnie appeared in this movie. Wait, do what? Lonnie. Lonnie Gutierrez. Remember? No. Dude, the, uh, Jeremy's father at the nursery? Looks just oh. like Lonnie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's right. What's <laughs> <laughs> so funny is I'm the one that made that fucking joke all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that made the connection to it, and I'm like, I can't believe I've never seen that before. <laughs> when, I, when I fucking... Saw- <laughs> when I when I saw him show up on that episode, I was like, "Hey, it's Lonnie," but I, I didn't had no fucking idea what you were talking about just then. <laughs> that joke went way over my head. Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I, it, I think it was not horrible. It was good, but it was not the top episode. While we have a lot of story added to this, you know, with the uh, Junior and Tony, and then you have AJ figuring out who his dad is and what his dad's doing. You know, it has some good development there between uh, AJ and Tony and then between Tony and Junior. But overall, a lot of the beginning scenes where, you know, he's dreaming about the, the psychiatrist and all the people finding out about him. You know, I kind of got bored with that, but 
that's just me. You know, it, it's so funny to me because guys, we, we try not to talk about the podcast like as far as like what we're reviewing before we before we actually do the reviews, just so that it feels more authentic and uh, it flows a little better. But I, it wasn't this particular episode. It was the or was it? No, I did text you about this episode. I said, hey, what was your score of this episode? Because I felt like I was grading it too high. Uh, I feel like so far I'm giving The Sopranos a little bit better of a. Uh, of scores just because of how much I love the series. So I feel like I'm being biased in a lot of my opinions. So I definitely, I, I text you and I said, what'd you score it? And you scored it a little bit lower than me. And I was like, okay, we're, we're still kind of in the same ballpark. And then before going into tonight, I said, Hey, this episode shouldn't be that long. I mean, we, we have three episodes that weren't nearly as good as the first three episodes. And then you fucking like cussed me out about the last episode. Yes, yes, we, I will uh, get to that when we get to that. Which brings up my, but, I, I say all that to bring up this point. Last week, we were pretty far apart on all three episodes, am I correct? Yeah, you liked them a lot more than I did, I think, last week. I mean, the lowest the, the lowest score I gave was a nine. Ten, nine, and nine. I just looked it up. So yeah, do you so remember far, what I gave? No, I don't remember what you gave. I know you gave one of them like a six, didn't you? Yeah, six, seven, and I think the other one was eight or nine. And it's so crazy. We both love this series, and we have both said this is probably our my definitely probably my favorite series of all time, and I know it's yours. But so far, our scores have been so far apart. On and that that to me has been the most interesting part of doing the series so far is like the first few episodes I'm super high on, and then we get to this episode, and you're like. Uh yeah, I'm not I'm not as high on this. I'm like I'm a little bit higher on this episode actually. Hmm. I I find that very interesting, and it's gonna be gonna be something I'm gonna keep my eye on uh, as we move forward through the series. This episode, I I, I thought was pretty good. I I wouldn't say it was great. I was kind of jumping back and forth between like a seven point five and an eight. The the thing that kind of holds it back for me ultimately is. It, it it's not like a whole lot happens like as far as like character development and whatnot this is more of a this episode is more geared towards like the power shift uh aj finding out about tony and then you have the uh, melfi stuff with her being followed uh it just kind of takes a step back from some of the individual mob guys which i didn't necessarily like because i like learning more about Sylve and uh and Polly and, and and pussy and whatnot so uh Shut then taking a break from that, I was like, eh, how about we get back to the pussy, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's what I always <laughs> say. <laughs> it was so funny as Tina walks in on me as we had that conversation. And she doesn't realize that that's a character's name. <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought the episode was pretty good overall. Uh, it just had some stuff in it that... I kind of want a little bit of everything when it comes to these episodes, and it just didn't give me the mob guys that I wanted. This was more of a a dynamic episode between AJ and his dad. You know, AJ, like you said, AJ finds out that he's in the mob and whatnot, and then, no future spoilers, but this does kind of continue to spill over until episode five. And it's just not that interesting to me. 
the whole oh I'm gonna get beat up and we're gonna we're gonna fight each other and uh, you ripped my shirt and yada yada yada. I mean, it's important for the overall series to kind of get that character development from AJ, and I feel like I don't I don't want anything because that'd be future spoilers, like way down the line future spoilers. But like I don't mind AJ right now, so I'm not like super crazy about him, but this him in this episode. But it's also uh, I don't mind it either. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the dude pages a kid says his mom blows. He's like, "That's real original." <laughs> don't lie. You know you did that shit when you were younger. And then he calls him a, f- a fucking fart knocker. <laughs> fart knocker, yeah. <laughs> you fat fart knocker. <laughs> oh, what about what about uh, Tony beating the shit out of Mikey? <laughs> Look, I guess free alterations for you. <laughs> I-, I did enjoy that scene like a lot. Uh, he did beat the him shit out of him. him just walking up and beating the shit out of him, <laughs> and just hitting him with the stapler repeatedly was uh was a lot of fun. I like. Yeah. And then what my favorite think? my what favorite you? part of that whole scene is when he's walking away and he like drops it like it's a gun and he's everybody looking around to make sure nobody's seen him drop the stapler. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I actually I actually didn't notice that. I mean, I know he dropped it. But I never like put two and two together with that, because you know back in the day they used to do that. Where they, yeah, where they would drop the gun. I never, I never connected that, sir. Yeah, yeah, that was just uh, entertaining. <laughs> so, what did you think about the stuff with Chris throughout this episode? You know, sometimes I find that he overacts, but then I can't tell if that's the way the character is portrayed as being over the top and kind of outlandish it's so fucking funny because in my notes i have over the top <laughs> <laughs> but if you watched him in goodfellas it was kind of the same way so i've been kind of i don't know i've been wrecking my brain to see if if it's part of the character i don't like when he's over the top or what Oh, dude, I, I, everything with Chris in this episode, I absolutely love. I love that over-the-top performance because I think it actually kind of fits his character. I, I don't think it's necessarily the uh, the actor himself. Uh, you know, Chris Baltasanti, I mean, they even mentioned that he's uh, he's immature, he's kind of a hothead and whatnot, and I think that this episode kind of shows it a little bit more in detail. Uh, I mean, he even... The, the paranoia, which is awesome, because, you know, Tony... Throughout the, I mean, the entire series has that paranoia with him, and then Chris is kind of doing the same thing here. I mean, he pulls up to Meadows' school with him in the back seat, and then he just unleashes on Meadow and starts fucking cussing her out and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go buy. I'll go buy you a Happy Meal. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Adriana's like, who are you? <laughs> like, dude, she's like. I don't know how old she is at this point. Set six, what, 16, 17, something like that? Yeah, that's what I'm taking it as. And then dude's like, I'm going to buy you a Happy Meal, bruh. She hasn't had like, a Happy Meal in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you gave her uh, meth, but yeah, you're going to give her a Happy Meal? <laughs> 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 so 
So one thing I wanted to discuss before we kind of cut to the next episode. Uh, last week we had mentioned that we weren't sure of the hierarchy of and the rankings of all the members. They kind of go through that here a little bit. I want to say it's over the next few episodes that they kind of dive into the rankings of the of the mafia a little bit more. Because uh, this is the episode that Jackie dies. And we get that scene with all the capos and everybody kind of just wants and feels like Tony should be the boss. So, I mean, we, we asked that question last week. Well, how did he exactly just rise so quickly? And it's because everybody wants him to be the boss at this point. And then we have, my biggest question is, how does DeMeo, DeMeo, however you fucking say his name, how is he connected in all this? Because that's technically the whole DeMeo family, correct? The whole mafia? Yeah. That's the uh, the leader of the DeMeo family. What, what I'm saying is, he is over like the like the group that we're looking at right now, the Sopranos. He's over all of that, plus the guys in New York and whatnot? No, I think... I don't think so. I think it's just New Jersey, but, you know, Jackie, he'd name a successor, I guess, whenever he went to the pin. And then Jackie never did name a successor. So I think that's why there's a power struggle. Everybody <laughs> wants Tony to do it, but Tony kind of wants to, you know, sit in the background because he knows that it's easy for the feds to get a Rico statue on them. Yeah, but my question is, how does... I'm still trying to figure out the uh, the rankings and the hierarchy of it all. Like, DeMeo, I mean, technically, he's still the boss, right? Yeah, I guess he just ain't the acting boss, because it would be kind of hard to run it from prison, I assume. Yeah. So... He's the acting, he's not the acting boss, but wouldn't you, if you were, uh, like, why is that up to them to decide who the boss is? Why don't they fucking go to prison and be like, yo, uh, Jackie died. He didn't have a successor. Who the fuck do you want? Like, I feel like he's, he's barely even mentioned in the series. And that's really, yeah, 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 he's not. I mean, I, 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 I can't answer. I know what you're saying, but I can't know. Hmm. But then this episode is also where Tony hands the reins over to Junior. Uh, I thought I thought I thought those scenes were good because you know he goes into the uh, is it this is the same uh, episode where he goes into the diner uh, and they have that little altercation after uh, with Mikey and then he goes back into the diner later after Junior tells him you better come back packing or don't come back at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was just reading it up to make sure that was what we yeah like, he goes Gosh. yeah that's, yeah but you you see how he totally played his uncle though because he got the paving union and one other thing as his asking price so Junior pretty much got played big because he's just the boss in quotations in case something comes down from the federal government but Tony's really the boss. And he scored the Paving Union and uh, the Bloomfield Avenue project. I love how that dude just goes up into his ear and is like, "I'm gonna get the, I'm, this is my asking price." <laughs> like the dude knows that hey, everybody wants me to be boss, and like Junior knows everybody wants him to be boss, so he just kind of just ah oh, fuck it, just take it. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. I was like, 
that's a smart move. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, hey man, uh, he, you know, he says some fucked up shit sometimes, like uh, where he he like mispronounces words and shit. I'm not judging because I am definitely in that same boat. <laughs> <laughs> not a judgment for me, okay. And you know <laughs> what? He did a semester and a half at college, <laughs> which is the recurring <laughs> joke. Yeah. And uh, dude, dude's uh, very smart when it comes to like strategy and whatnot, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we see later on how you know. I think the whole reason he stayed in therapy is. I mean, we learned in this is Melfi was giving him, you know, like that book to read on about making a elderly person feel like they're in control. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good portion of the reason why he stayed in uh, therapy with Melfi is because he was getting ideas on how to run his crew better. Yeah, he he even mentioned, I think it's this episode, right, where he mentions, uh, she says, "How's, how's therapy going? He's like, good. I got some ideas. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's all uh, in his favor. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Anything else you want to say about? Oh, what'd you rank? Uh, what'd you rate? Uh, episode four, sir. I gave it a seven and a half. Oh well, we gave it the same. I like it. This might be the first episode that we uh agreed on. Yes, sir. I gave it. Uh, I measured my wiener, and I said that's what it's going to be. Seven and a half. What the fuck ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're the pilot episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, episode five, and this is going to be look going into the series. I have, I have a few episodes in the back of my head that I've just always been like, hey, I'm not not a huge fan of this episode. Not a huge fan. Uh, college is going to be one of those episodes. You remember that episode where, no future spoilers, but when he goes to to Italy and he meets that chick? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's probably my least favorite of any of these. Yeah. I, I know, usually a lot of times when I watch that, the series all through, that episode has been skipped once or twice. Well, you're not fucking skipping it this time, sir, if I don't have to skip it. So, you go fuck yourself. Uh, I do every night. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute what was the question <laughs> uh so so yeah going into episode five i automatically knew that it was not going to be a uh one of my favorite episodes so a little bit of biased opinion going into it so college uh tony and meadow travel to maine to visit colleges and they discuss the nature of tony's business carmella fights the flu and tries to uh Tries to get in the pants of of uh, Father Phil uh, after finding out that Tony's secret therapist is a female. Tony comes across an old associate who has joined the witness protection program and tracks him down for "quote unquote" business purposes. So I gave it. I'll, I'll go first. I, I gave it a, a six out of ten. I think this is definitely one of my least favorite episodes of of the entire series, and it is definitely the worst episode up to up to this point that we have reviewed. I think there are some good things in it. It's just a super, super slow episode. And one of the things that really bothered, bothers me about this episode is okay. the fact that uh, it, it's Meadow. Meadow really just drags this episode down for me. She, really? Yeah, she is super fucking whiny in, in portions of it. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like when she's, uh, she, she knows he's lying and she's like, 
Tell me the truth. Come on. I'm just like, how'd I go again? I only want sex. Only want sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to butter you. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, fuck you. <laughs> That's why you kept talking so long. So I, I did. I was like, <laughs> You can't fucking get me, sir. That was like 10 minutes ago. Don't keep me down. You know, I cannot argue with you on any of the points that you have made on this episode. She does tend to be whiny, especially when he thinks he sees uh, Petrolio and then is driving really fast. He's like, oh my god, you're going to kill us. Yes, God bless. But the one of my... is that way. It's left. Yeah. But... I will have to say one of my favorite dialogue scenes was when she just says, are you in the mob? And then he goes on. He's like, no, no, I mean, I'm in waste management, but I mean, everybody assumes you're already mobbed up. It's highly offensive. It's a stereotype. It's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and then he thinks about it for a minute. And he's like, well, I mean, so some of my money comes from illegal gambling and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, that was the point where he was like, I, I I am, but he didn't come out and straight up just say it, and she kind of ca- caught on. Yeah, it kind of shows how their relationship is, I, I think, versus his relationship with AJ, because he thinks AJ's a fuck-up. Well, yeah, he, th- he thinks he's a pussy. Yeah, and he, he's like, you know, she has her head on her shoulders, and I guess I think he wished that was the son instead of his daughter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So this episode is is mainly geared towards Meadow. And like I said for episode four, uh, you know how uh AJ kinda finds out that he's in the mob. This kind of carries over into this episode where she, like you said a second ago, she's asking him straight up, Are you in the mob? Are you in the mafia? So we get a lot of Tony and Meadow uh development in this episode. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have a lot of development for Carmela. And she is, she wants to bang Dr. Uh, not Dr. Phil, a uh, father Phil. Uh, <laughs> like she, she wants him, she wants his, she wants his D. I'm telling you, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I don't know. It's so weird though. It's like, you know, if you've had the flu and all that. She's like, oh, let me go print my face up and all that. And then she was instantly better. Like, you never had any inkling that she was sick past that point. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, this Chianti is beyond reproach. (laughs) (laughs) That's a stupid line, but it's so great. (laughs) It is, man. I I don't know how they... I'm going to start saying it to Tina. (laughs) No beyond reproach. (laughs) Man, I just, you know, some of the damn, I don't know how they write these gems in here, but, you know, it's. <laughs> well, uh, at the very end, you know, how you said uh, one of your favorite scenes of dialogue is that scene between Meadow and Tony at the very beginning. I, why I really like that scene, and that's definitely, I would say the second best scene in, in the entire uh, episode. My favorite scene would be at the very, very end when he comes home from, you know, taking her off to colleges and whatnot, and Carmela confronts him about Dr. Melfi being a uh, being a woman. 
And before that, she tells him straight up, uh, Doc, no, why do I keep saying fucking Dr. Phil? <laughs> Father Phil, you know, stayed over the night and, and whatnot. And he gave me communion. And Tony's like, I bet he gave you communion. I was like, <laughs> and then she says, uh, you're, you're, you're on the verge of sacrilege. Well, I don't mean to be on the verge. <laughs> <laughs> I just I absolutely loved love that scene. And like you said, man, the dialogue I don't know how they come up with this shit, but the dialogue is so fucking smart and it's so fucking funny. Yeah, and, she's on the you know, she's on the phone with Dr. Milphy and she's like, Uh, can you leave a message? Can I leave a message for him? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh hold on, I I've lost my pen up his ass. <laughs> 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 and the look on Dr. Melvin's face was like, uh-oh. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, other than those uh, those couple of scenes, everything else, you know, honestly, it was kind of a different genre type of episode. It, it felt more of like a detective episode more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Because he's trying to figure out where this dude lives and who he is and, and all this shit. And he's trying to get clues and make sure it's the right person before he fucking kills him. One thing I have to ask you, okay? And it goes back to the communion part of, of the episode. They do some weird shit with that, with that scene. And I'm trying to get your take on it. So she gets on her knees in front of uh, Father Phil. He gives her the bread and she sticks out her tongue and they zoom in on the tongue and whatnot, and it's, I don't know, did you get like a sensual vibe from all that? Uh, now that you describe it back to me, yes, it's like, dude, you wish that was his bread? She <laughs> <laughs> wants a six inch. <laughs> uh, I want your holy loaf. <laughs> holy loaf. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna about that shit all day. <laughs> yeah, they, they they zoom in on her mouth uh, when she tastes the bread, and then they zoom on her mouth again when she's drinking drinking the the uh, the wine. And it's like, is there a particular reason why you're while they're zooming in on this? It just seems really weird when you look at some of like the other shots in the uh, in the series and in these first five episodes. It just like it's a completely different shot, and it just kind of threw me off. And it, the way it was with the lighting and whatnot, it just seemed very sensual. Like they were trying to say, "Yeah, this is this is how they're having sex" or something like that. I don't know. Felt weird. All right, moving on to episode number six. Uh, Uncle Junior Soprano is appointed boss of the DeMeo crime family. Tony engineers a way to get Junior to extend some leniency to a close Jewish friend. Uh, Carmelo, Carmela, and Tony's 18th anniversary dinner turns sour. The uh, Prozac that Dr. Velfi uh, prescribes for Tony begins taking a negative toll on his libido, uh, though his reoccurring dreams lead him to become attracted to her. Uh, and this episode is called Pax Soprana, uh, by the way. So you said this episode was fucking great. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing your thoughts on it, sir. So you have the, uh, the floor. Man, I love this move. I love this one so much because it shows you the start of Junior's reign. It shows you, 
a lot more of the mob figures in it because you got Jimmy Altieri, Larry Boy Barisi, and you got Johnny Sack that is showing up in it, which is the underboss of New York, and how they, you know, go around each other to try to get what they want. Like he had to mention it to uh, Tony had to mention it to, to to Johnny to help his friend Hesh out without making his uncle look jacked up. You know, all while trying not to profit off of Hish's tax. And it just shows you the, I guess, complex system of a boss switchover. Cause, you know, in the first start of it, you see they're doing this card game and the guy's like, whoa, hold on. You know, Jimmy Altieri said, this is cool. And he's like, no, nah, arrangements have changed. Junior's the new boss now and just beats the shit out of him. So it starts to show you how uh, different leadership changes the rules and how the mob structure works because they, you know, and toward the end they all come up with Tony and they're like, Marron, your uh, uncle eats alone. I mean, he won't even pass the salt. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- those are all great, good, good to great things that happen in the episode. I do like. I'm, I'm not saying I, do, I dislike this episode. I actually. I like this episode. I give it a seven point five. I, I I think it's pretty good. It's just to me, it just feels rather slow in comparison to a little bit of the other episodes, especially in the like development section. Like this doesn't really develop any of the characters. It's more of just pushing the story forward a little bit. Uh, I do like Johnny Sack as a character, so this is the first episode with him in it. Uh, so definitely looking forward to him showing up uh, more often. Uh, we also get the uh, great, great fucking line, which is, you communist cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you also get to see the relationship progress with Junior and Liv, and then Pony and Liv. They all think that they can tell her and she'll do the right thing, but the whole time she's playing both of them to get her own agenda. And, you know, she's like, I don't know that life. And yeah, then it exactly. develop. I think it develops uh, Mikey Palmisi's character to the fact that this dude never knows when to shut the fuck up. He doesn't know how to read a room, <laughs> and you know, because he's in there with Junior getting his suit suit uh, fitted, and he's like, "Oh, that was your grandson, the one that did a header and spun around for days." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and Junior's just like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> 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 and and he's like, well, who is this motherless fuck's name? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did. I I love that scene. That was that was a great scene. The the acting in that really really uh, elevated that scene. Just the the relationship between those two actors. You know, they they just they just played it perfectly. I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, Though the one thing that we're kind of starting to see, and it's going to kind of keep on progressing, and that is Liv is kind of in the middle between Junior and uh, Tony, and they're trying to pit her against each other. And then, like you said, she's actually playing both of them the whole time. Yeah, and Junior goes over, <laughs> and he's meeting with her in the, in the uh, retirement community, and he's like, mm, even the, to- the coffee tastes old in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that old guy walks down. He says, "Hey, dude, 
new member, and he's like, yeah, yeah, keep it moving, fella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love Junior, man. He he has to be right up there with Artie. And I mean, obviously, Tony's going to be like one of your favorite characters in the show. But damn, man, it, it, it's, it's so much fun when uh, when Junior's on the screen. But speaking of which, they have gone three episodes without ever mentioning Artie. Have you noticed that? I had not noticed that, sir. Yeah, I, I was doing my notes for episode six. And I was like, my favorite character. Where the fuck did where the fuck did Artie go? Did we did he just fucking die? Yeah, well, you know, I did I did appreciate the fact that they still are building up that tense scene or tense relationship between Tony and Carmela. Because I mean, she's all pissy at the. Uh, the dinner table and she's like you know tony this is our marriage not mine yours and johnny fucking sacks <laughs> johnny fucking sack i was like that's a great line i don't know i don't know what it is about that but i like that the way she delivered it was fucking epic and then you know they're in the garage and he's like you're the mother of my kids and she's like you skeeve me i'm like i don't even know what that means i'm gonna fucking google that man how do i fucking skeeve you yeah <laughs> Is this like, is this like another word for like fuck? <laughs> I need like I need like a uh, like a Sopranos dictionary to tell me what all these fucking words mean. Yeah, my favorite scene of this entire show, though, right here or this entire episode, is when they finally have their sit down and you get to see a real mob sit down. You know where Johnny brings Hesh in to sit with Tony and Junior. And, you know, they're they're like, we're just here to make sure Hesh didn't get fucked. And Hesh chimes in and he says, no, I never said fucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. Just it, it feels like a lot of politicking, you know, to kind of get what they want in the end. Because they all, all three of them are in on this. And they're doing everything that they can to kind of help Hesh out. And they're just, they're just playing Junior at this point. But he seems like he's he's doing oh you know something amazing. He thinks he's like fucking making bread or some shit. Yeah, do you do you think you know he had that? He's like, uh, well, I'm sure you had a suggestion. Do you think he kind of knows that it was all three of them playing the field against him, or do you think that he's so wrapped up in the big head that he has no clue? No, I, I don't think he knew. Because uh-huh. something something strikes me as if if he did know, and I mean I don't remember in any subsequent episodes, but I mean up to this point he hasn't mentioned anything about uh, about them playing him or anything like that, and he's always the type that goes behind people's backs and just bitches about them. Yeah, yeah. But something tells me if he knew, uh, he would have he would be he'd be talking to other uh, other characters and shit. And that dude totally said at the end. <laughs> What I tell you to hold on to your cock when you're negotiating with desert people. <laughs> I mean, how do you come up with that line? I don't know. The, and then, uh, you know, you kind of start to see Tony and Junior's relationship at the uh, baseball game that they're at. You know, kind of like he almost looks up to him as a dad or, or tries to think of him as a dad, maybe. And he's like, you remember that story you told me when I was growing up about the father bull? 
and the kid bull and the kid wanted to run down there and fuck all the cows and the father said why don't we walk down there and fuck them all <laughs> junior's like i said that <laughs> <laughs> like dude that 100 sound like something you would say <laughs> exactly exactly and i think that's why it's my favorite man is they gave junior so much dialogue in here and that dude just I don't think there's one episode where I thought he acted bad or didn't perform to the top. No, not at all. He, he he's perfect in every episode. Every episode, he's one. He's one of those characters that is like when he doesn't show up in an episode, you're like, bro, where the fuck did he go, man? I, I, like I don't know if this episode is good without him. Yeah, I you know he just he carried this whole episode, and I guess I like it so much because there's so much, I guess mob guy action in this this one mm-hmm. well i i do think it's interesting that I, I didn't really mention it in episode five uh but between these last two episodes you kind of see the uh the fracture in like tony's personal life involving like the people that he's like he he's in love with and shit like that we have the uh the russian chick that he's his gumar who you know fucking threw a, a fucking candle at him and that's, <laughs> that's when he called her the communist cunt. <laughs> he, she says, go jerk off. <laughs> go jerk off. He said, I'll go jerk off. <laughs> and, then, and then we had the shit with Carmela where that shit is just strained beyond belief. It's beyond reproach, you know? I don't know that. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know I if that fucking fits, did. but I'm fucking fitting it there. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, that was epic, sir. That was good. <laughs> so we got that shit, and then on top of that, we got him developing feelings for Dr. Melfi, and he's over there fucking just starting to kiss her and shit. And, you know, he sees, he, he dreams of her in the shower and, you know, he gets, he gets boners at, at night when he's dreaming about her. So it's just like, we have this, this love triangle, I guess you could say, uh, at the moment where just everything is just falling apart for him. You got the Russian chick who's, who's saying no to him basically and hitting him. And then we got the, uh, uh, we got Carmela who is pissed off at him right now. And then we got Dr. Melfi who absolutely just refuses him. So I think it's 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 kind of interesting that all the women in his life right now are basically telling him no, and yeah, he's, he's and not used he's not used to that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's why he wants Melfi even more because, you know, he never gets told no. Yep, absolutely. Oh, Tony, I love your cannoli. <laughs> I, my ass. I was like. I was like, she called him the cannoli. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I need a dessert. Cannoli. Your cannoli is beyond reproach. <laughs> I would pay fucking money. To hear that guy say that. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to draw it out a little bit, sir. This is beyond reproach. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what would you end up giving a uh, Pax Soprano, sir? What, you, I, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10, sir. I love this episode. Damn. That much? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I love this episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.5. 
some point. What? Yeah. Come on, man. The mother, the mother is in the room going, water, water, water. Who needs that much water? <laughs> right. <laughs> Forget about that. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, you, you're fucking kind of talking me out of it, and I, I feel like I do enjoy this episode a little more. I'll, I'll bump it up to an eight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but it, it was it was golden, man. Golden. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's the funny thing about doing like reviews and shit like that. You'll 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 have like a uh, a little discussion about it, and you have like a half star bump either way that you can go, and uh, that's that's perfect for this this particular uh, segment right here, where it's like, yeah, watching it, I feel kind of like there's not a ton ton happening here. But when you're talking about it, and I'm just like, yeah, that was a fucking great moment. Yeah, that was a great moment. Well, fuck. I mean, all these are great moments. Fuck. Yeah, man. You know, there's a lot of times we'll do a review, and I'll be like, hey, man, I like this movie. And then you start talking about it, I'm like, yeah, that was some bullshit. I didn't like this movie that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you got anything you also want to say about uh, any of these three episodes, sir? Uh, no, sir. I, 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 I... I think I would, the third one was good. Uh, number four was kind of slow. And, uh, well, no, it'd be four, five, and six. So reverse the order I said that in. Six was, like, was great. Was like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that missing math, sir. <laughs> dang. <laughs> I would blame on Common Core, but, you know, you weren't, you weren't doing it during Common Core. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I, I think up to this point, these are definitely the, uh, to me, these are probably the three weakest episodes. Out of the six that we've watched, these are definitely the three weakest. I dis- I disagree. I think six is the best Ooh. out of the six. Dude, I just I thought they did so much shit. Like, the first three episodes are so fucking dense with character development. I mean, granted, it is the first three episodes of the show, so obviously those are going to be the episodes that you know develop those characters the most. And then obviously these are more the uh, the plot moving forward kind of episodes, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I I lean towards. I, I love those character moments, and I mean, and these these three episodes we didn't get a ton of Sylv, we didn't get a a bunch of Polly. Actually, I don't think Polly was in any of these episodes, was he? Now that I'm thinking about, no. no. So I don't think I think Sylv was at the sit down, and that was all that he really. He was he was at the uh, he was in his dream. Where he came out of the den? No, that wasn't a dream. That was no. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he was banging that uh the Russian chick. Sil was in that. Wait, what? Sil was banging the Russian chick. You know, in the dream. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 I was like, I was like, wait, did I fucking miss something? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it now. I- I'm tracking. Yes, that- that's what happened. Yes. Oh shit! Sorry, you you were streaming for a loop. I was like, when the fuck did that happen? Yeah, watch it. So yeah, I mean, I, ultimately, I I still like these episodes with the exclusion of college. I mean, if I never see that episode again, I'll be I'll be fine. But yeah, I think that I, I I'm sorry, I, I do agree with you on that college episode. Yeah, it's just it's just not it's not for me. It, it was just it was way too slow, way too slow, and there was, wasn't a whole lot going on with it to me. And it was uh, it was a detective like suspense type of episode, and uh, like I said, I, I, that's not what I like about Sopranos. Was that episode? 
So, uh, yeah, going forward, guys, next next week we'll be reviewing episodes 7, 8, and 9. We will be making our way down to episode 13. So, uh, let's see, 7, 8, 9, and then we got, well, shit, we got four episodes left after that. Hmm. Trying to think of how we're going to break that up. I don't want to do four episodes in one. Do two and two. Two and two. Three, two, and two. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Well, guys, we appreciate y'all joining us for this review. Uh, We'll catch y'all next week on another one. Laters. Laters. These motherfuckers.